Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve your agent experience, hopefully improve your customer experience as well. Hope everybody's doing well as we're we're kind of heading into the Halloween time, fall. It's amazing here in northwestern Pennsylvania. The, the colors are just starting. We're about two weeks away from kind of, I guess, full bloom, but, you know, really, really cool. <clears throat> Love this time of year. Football's rolling. My Steelers stink, but we got uh, we got Kenny Pickett starting this week at Buffalo, but we'll see. All right. I think I have something a little bit interesting for you, and I love there, – there's a – I'm not going to say his name, but I had a question, and I got my phone up here to, to kind of read the question that I got on, on a DM from LinkedIn that I think is a great a great idea for an episode – and also, it's going to spawn, I think, some other episodes from it because I think this is going to add a lot of value. And I'm kind of mad that I never thought about it ahead of time. But basically, uh, you know, this person DM me and says, hey, we talk a lot about how much technology can help us in the contact center space. But I find that many of us tend to think that tech is some type of magic button, right? Just deploy it and it works. Uh, and a lot of people are disappointed that it's not that easy. You mentioned, meaning me, um, a good bit of trial and error and testing. Um, it may be good to understand things like how do I determine how to test, build, deploy? How do I prioritize? How should I build a team out, right? Roles, you know, SMEs, um, SMEs, you know, subject, subject matter experts. You know, how does this all work? You know, how do we kind of put it together? Um, what what are some of the things that are more complicated than others, in my opinion? Um, and, and I think that this is an amazing question. And I'm going to give a 30,000 foot view in this episode and then maybe for the next couple of weeks, and we'll talk about each specific kind of technology, right? Focusing on, I got my notes here that I'm looking down, WFM, QA, analytics, um, setting up actual production, right? So a new agent comes in or you know, you're setting up a, you know, a new telephony platform. How do you do skills? Who does skills? Um, who does routing? Um, gamification. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of the, the, you know, the main six or seven different, you know, kind of tools that I'm, I'm talking about. So let's start here with, um, our basic production, right? So our omni-channel, right? Our, our, our PBX, right? However you want to kind of say it, right? Our, our telephony, you know, core production platform. And, you know, IT does get involved with this. Now, like I've said, because I am in the cloud, the amazing, awesome thing is I really only have two and a half, um, you know, three IT people, right? And when it comes to like if we have a new project or a new program, right, our IT will get involved. They will do all the skilling, right, because there is some things that we need to program maybe in, in, in contact they, or in CX1, they call it studio, Right. If we want to do anything advanced, they will handle the IVR situation. And really, there's one person that I have that handles my telephony stuff. Right. He's an expert at it. He's awesome at it, knows the platform inside and out. He will handle all of that from from our client services. The 
production supervisor, right, who's going to be running the program. Oh, my gosh, glasses are crooked here. Uh, who's going to be running the program actually sets up the agents and the skills and does that with HR, right? So if, if HR is bringing on, we're bringing on a bunch of new hires, then HR will kind of set up those skills, make sure the agents are set up in the platform. If we're bringing people kind of on from other programs that are already here at Expedia, that that supervisor will do it and, and kind of talk to HR. So there's kind of a, a ham and egg when it comes to that, but it's not a lot of people, right? Amazing thing about being in the cloud, you don't need a ton of, of IT support to do this. It's very basic. I could probably do it if I actually started to really look at it, but those guys from a programming standpoint, I am not a programmer. Um, don't really need a full programmer, but you need to understand the concepts. So that's, I think, pretty easy, but it's a, it's a mixture between our IT, our HR, and our production staff, right? When it comes to ancillary tools that you're adding to your site, there's a little bit of nuance to it, right? So WFM, Workforce Management. Oh, let me just say this too. Everything that I'm going to talk about here, this is for smaller type contact centers. So smaller meaning under a thousand seats, you know, maybe a couple hundred seats. If you're 2,500, 3,000, 10,000 seats, you know, this probably, you're not going to be able to relate that well to this because things are at scale for you where for each of these things, you need a team, right? Where if you have 500, 600 seats like me, I don't need a team, right? And that's kind of the nuance with this and the, and the cool piece of people think you do, but you don't, but some things need to be dedicated. Some things don't. So having said that workforce management, I think you, you we have a dedicated resource for that, right? Um, we have a backup for that as well, right? Because there's a, there's a ton to learn. Now WFM, I think for, for us was one of the most intense learning um, pieces of software that we we've undertaken. And the reason for that is not just the scheduling piece, which is kind of straightforward, but for us, the, the one of the biggest use cases for us is the forecasting aspect, right? So you're really understanding what we should be staffed, understanding we can give our clients you know, all that forecasting data of what they should be looking to budget. That was a huge piece to really get that right and to really understand it. Um, and then there's there's training of your associates with this, right? So Anything that that is that you can't keep like with your supervisors or your management team, right? But you got to kind of expand out to agents. You know, I think that that be, it makes it a little bit more difficult just because of the scale of it, right? So they have to learn, you know, certain things that are that are happening with their WFM, your trading schedules, um, you're doing those types of things, working on a different platform than than they were used to, right? Because it'll be new in the nuances understanding, you know, having your supervisors understand and be able to look and see who's out of adherence and, and having that one kind of resource kind of help with them as well. So um, we keep our, a lot of times it's WFM, right? And then underneath it is kind of QA and, and they're, they're under that or opposite. Like QA for me, quality assurance, WFM lies under that, right? So I probably should have started with QA, right? But you know, our WFM sits kind of in with our QA folk, right? And speaking of QA, all right, even for a smaller center, you need a team for this. This is not going to be a one-person QA show unless maybe you have 20 people, 30 people. You talked, I've talked to you guys about ratios before, and, you know, we're about at a 30 to 35 to 1 ratio when it comes to QA to agents, Right. Um, supervisors are also monitoring and they're, they're about a 15, 12, 15, depending to one. You need a team for this. Um, I don't think that setup for this is very difficult, right? It, on, on most platforms, 
you know, the main things that you're going to have to focus on is, is building out your scorecards, finding out how the, the scorecard, the way you had it could maybe correlate to how the QA platform is. Now we have, again, QM and QMA is, is quality management with analytics. So we do have an analytic piece to this as well that everyone in our QA has learned. So it did become a little bit more robust. Well, worth it in the end. Um, but no, there's not really – there's a QA manager in there, but 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 the job is pretty much equal for everybody. But, again, uh, if you have a 100-seat call center, you're going to need, you know, anywhere from two to four uh, QA people, I think, to do it right, listening and scoring calls, doing that. Okay. Analytics is also in our QA, right? We do have – you could have, I should say – one person that is in charge, we do not. We have one of our QA people that we pay a little bit more that is in charge of analytics as well, right? So they can do the reporting. They can do reports. They can um, make sure if there's any questions from the supervisors because our supervisors have access to all of the reporting. They can pull those reports themselves, right? But when it comes to setting up a new client, um, there is a lot of setup to this, right? Analytics, people think you just slap it on and it's awesome. Right? But think about it. There's so many things that you need to nuance, right? So if you're answering the phone in the same way every time, those keywords show up every single time. So you got to get rid of those, right? Maybe thank yous at the end of a call, right? But not in the middle. There are a lot of different things that happen um, in, in a setup with this. And imagine it was, it was an intense setup for us as well, you know, as we're trying to onboard every single client. You know, but I think once you understood kind of one, um, then the, the client services people that we have who really understand the insides and outs of the program, we're able to really help with that. But I would say after WFM, Q or uh, analytics is also the, the second most difficult to implement. It's something that you need to stay on top of. And I, I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of, again, some, some nuance with that. And Jeff here has a question. How does modularization or, or vertical in the WFM QA sounds with you see more of all-in-one solutions or more a la carte. Okay. So basically, Jeff, I, I have a question here. And you know what? Let me throw it up on the screen. Right. And he's basically asking, you know, should it be part of the, the platform or is it is it kind of slap on from third party? Um, and I think that's a that's a really good question. And I would tell you that for most platforms, they do not have everything internal to themselves, right? So um, WFM, maybe they have, but they don't have analytics. Um, QA, maybe they have, but they don't have WFM. And so what you'll see is they partner with a ton of different groups, right? So from, from Monet to Calabrio to Varent to you know, all these other partners, right, on kind of that, that WFM side to, you know, the, the level AI or the observe AI on the um, analytics side. Um, have really easy integrations, not saying it's it's bad, right? But it is kind of more a la carte. It can be a little bit more expensive. Um, and then again, I'm not here. You guys know I'm on the CX1 platform. The, the, but the reason I do really like the platform is that everything is native, right? So there's no integrations. There's no slapping anything on. Um, I would say that that's one of their huge selling points. Um, even with Genesis, you're kind of slapping some things on. Um, is is that everything is native? I prefer, and I love that. Right? I think it's it's quicker. Um, I, one bill is makes more sense, even though I know they can they can put it on their paper. I get all that. You don't have to you know DM me on that. But um, 
it's not a huge deal, Jeff, because there's so many really good products and the integrations are so robust now. Um, but it is cool, right, to, to have things that are native to the platform. The integration is just so much smoother, so much easier. And, you know, you have one person to talk to instead of, you know, two to three people to talk to, even though they say you won't have to. Um, a lot of times it's not my problem, it's their problem, and then it's not their problem, it's your problem, right, kind of thing. So, again, it's it's kind of what you like, but I I, I think that I like the – I really like the the being native to the to the platform. All right. The, the other kind of, I think, piece here, too, that became much bigger, but I'm glad we did it, is, is gamification, right? And we started this in our QA but moved it to HR. So we have an HR lead now, one person that does HR stuff plus does kind of the, the gamification administrator, right, for, for all of our associates. And, you know, that – we thought was going to be a huge undertaking, but I think once, once things are fun, they become, they go much smoother and people buy in more. And I think we saw that with gamification. So, you know, the supervisors took a lead on it, even though we didn't really ask them to do it. Um, the reps, you know, would, would be finding things out and, and kind of figuring things out as we went. So, you know, I think we kind of saw that with analytics too, like the cooler, the, the product, and maybe the less intrusive, like WFM is intrusive, right? Because <laughs> it's like, hey, your adherence, don't you, you need to be here. You need to be doing that. You know, no one's really helping with that. But, you know, some of the fun stuff like gamification, again, setup was a little intense. We do have one administrator. So if I look at this, you know, WFM, we have an administrator. Um, QA, we do not have an administrator. We just have a lead. Um, analytics, we just have a lead that's part of our QA. Production is kind of a you know, setting things up. It's kind of a HR and IT task. Um, our gamification, we have an HR lead who's in, who's in charge of that. So I don't think you need to build out huge teams for for call centers that are even my size, you know, five, 600 seats. If you're under 100 seats, you definitely do not. You probably don't even need a lead um, for any of this. All of this can be managed on that smaller scale. But when you do get to a point where, um, you know, one of these pieces is kind of dominating time. That's when you really need to look to do it. But again, great thing about being in the cloud. Everything is is pretty darn easy to use, no matter who you're using. Talkdesk, Genesis, CX1, um, really easy. Um, but I think to do things right, um, you need to make sure that th there are separate areas, even though there could be some, some crossover. So again, I like to take, you know, maybe... A, a couple, uh, you know, weeks and, and, and really talk about WFM, um, talk about what it took for us to scale it, to set it up, um, some of the issues that we saw with that, especially analytics. I think analytics is a really interesting one as well. QA, we've talked a lot about from, from building scorecards and those kind of things, but, um, you know, the gamification aspect. And I'm trying to keep this neutral. I'm not trying to keep this to a, to a specific platform. Um, so I, I think, you know, again, I, I don't want to, unless you guys want to pay me to talk about your product, um, I'm really not going to. Uh, so again, I want to try to keep this neutral to, to anything that, that, that could, could help you guys. So again, I hope that that's helpful um, at least to get you to think of, of what type of undertaking again, WFM and analytics kind of super intense to, to get implemented. Uh, gamification is kind of intense, but I think you'll get some more buying. QA is pretty darn easy. Um, and, you know, the production aspect you should have down. Yeah. So, Jeff, Jeff has a question like, 
what are examples of gamification? So we have a platform where our agents have their own avatars, right? Um, they can play games on the platform, um, you know, based on QA scores, based on handle time, based on service level for their team, based on different KPIs that they can earn coins, right? They can purchase things like time off and vacation days, um, Expedia gear, um, sweatshirt, hoodies, those, those kind of things from setup in our store. Our store though is mostly what the reps want, which is, you know, PTO and vacation days and to kind of earn above and beyond what they, what they get from their normal deal. The other cool thing is they can bet, right? So they can bet coins. So I can have an agent that says, Hey, Jimmy, I bet you, Janie, a hundred coins that uh, my QA scores higher today, that maybe my handle time will be 30 seconds lower than yours. Maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. Maybe it's probably a bad example. Um, but yeah, different things to make the day fun. Um, games that are not just, you know, things that we're throwing at them in Slack, but are actually integrated to the actual platform. So a ton of things that we can do from a, from a gamification to make the job fun um, and to incent, you know, KPIs that, that we have and that the reps want to hit. So that's kind of, I don't know. That's definitely an episode. And and I would probably, maybe I'll try to bring somebody on for each of these two. So it's not just me rambling on, but, you know, maybe some experts that actually sell it or, or something like that, that can kind of, you know, talk through and give some, some higher level examples of it. So, so hopefully that helps you guys. I, I appreciate uh, everybody kind of chiming in with questions. Tanner, I appreciate the, uh, um, the shout out says just he appreciates the information articles and posts on call centers have been extremely helpful. It's kind of why we do this. So anytime that I can get a a shout out like that, I appreciate it. Um, So again, thank you guys very much and uh, look forward to kind of talking about this stuff a little bit more in depth. I hope that's helpful. And we'll, uh, we'll talk next week.